What are we learning today? I want to share with you uh, today a uh, if I bring in a point in a kuda, an idea from if I bring in from the fifteenth of Shvat in Tashim and Vav nineteen. Fifteenth of Shvat. The fifteenth of Shvat. Um, some basic themes that this day empowers us to uh, to have. Um, one of the more basic, basic themes that the Rebbe emphasized was in 1971, where the Rebbe began at that time, in the 15th of Shvat, the Rebbe began Mitzvah Terah. Mitzvah Terah, that, that everyone should share Terah as, as wide and as far as possible. The truth is that the way the Rebbe said it mirrors another idea that the Rebbe exp- said expresses the essence of the 15th of Shvat. The 15th of Shvat is the day that we celebrate the New Year for trees. But there are no trees growing now. Now is the time for planting seeds. And yet, how do we celebrate this Yantif? We celebrate the Yantif by having fruit. So, that, the fruit from the trees. So, I said that that's the idea of a Jew, that even when he's up to just planting the seeds, he has bitachin, he trusts in Hashem, that he'll be able to get to the fruit. Although he's only up to the seed, the seed stage, despite the fact that he's only by the seeds, he already is celebrating with the fruit. You know, the Rebbe said, the Rebbe brought so many different analogies that could possibly happen wrong when you plant the seeds. An animal might dig them up. There, all the went down in detail. And yet, he celebrates with the fruit already before when he's planting the seeds. So today was the day when the Rebbe planted the seeds for what you see today, the, 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 the Torah that was, that was spread throughout the world and continues to spread every year more and more, every day more and more from the Rebbe's campaign of Torah. So when the Rebbe spoke about it, it was... Ever spoke about it you know, with, with, with the fruit before there was, there was even, even seeds. So, on that note, in this Rabrengan, I want to share with you, it's from Tavshim Vav, 1986. That year, the 15th of the Shvat fell out on Shabbos. And although um, that's what happened that year, and it's not, it doesn't happen this, that way this year, but there was said on more than one occasion that, that Hashem arranges the calendar uh, every year. Uh, not only for that year, but you're supposed to draw a lesson from that year for other years as well. So, one of the um, points that I've made is that the 15th of Shvat is the day of the perfection of the month. Just like there, is, there are days of the week, and the perfection of the days of the week is Shabbos. So, the perfection of the days of the month is the 15th of the month when the moon is full. That's why all the holidays are associated with the 15th. So, when the 15th of Shvat falls out on Shabbos, you have perfection of, of both. And everyone at length discussing what the difference is between the perfection of the days of the month and perfection of the days of the week. But I, 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 don't, I don't want to go into the whole Fabrengen, uh, partially because I don't know the whole Fabrengen, but also because I wanted to bring out a point about this theme, about spreading terror to all places, which was the theme of that Fabrengen, the point that everyone wants us to take from this day. Uh, before I go on, I just want to mention one more point. Um, it's not just that this day is the Rosh Hashanah for Torah. This day is the Rosh Hashanah for Torah. This is the day that we're supposed to draw our, our, our power for Torah. There was said, it's not just Torah, but just like fruit is something you eat for pleasure primarily. You don't have to eat fruit. You eat fruit to enjoy fruit. So too, the power of the 15th of Shvat is to imbue our Torah study with pleasure. This is the day where we're supposed to we receive from Hashem the ability to enjoy the Torah. And therefore, it starts off with deciding to, to uh, enjoy Torah and to spread Torah. Okay, so 
what does it mean when we say that the 15th of Shvat is a perfection of the month of Shvat? What, what is the month of Shvat about and what's the perfection of the month of Shvat? Is it the month of Shvat or the year? The month of Shvat. Because this is the 15th of Shvat, this is the perfection of the month of Shvat. Okay, I mean, because it's also Rosh Hashanah. Oh, right, right. Oh, what's So, the month of Shvat is associated with uh, translating the Torah into all languages. It says that on the first day of Shvat, Moshe Rabbeinu began to translate the Torah into 70 languages. Why did Moshe Rabbeinu translate, translate the Torah into 70 languages? What was the, what was the point? Why do you want to translate the Torah in every language? The point was that the Chaim the, the Peretz Bresman is going to learn the Torah, and he's going to, he's going to say, and that, it's not the real thing. The real thing is the Torah as it is in Hebrew. So therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu translates the Torah into all languages in order that whenever a Jew is in, in the exile, and he doesn't know how to speak, he can't learn Torah in the original. He has to learn Torah in, in, in translation. So Moshe Rabbeinu himself translates the Torah so Jews should know this is also Torah. So that's what Moshe Rabbeinu began doing in the beginning of the month of Shvat. And that's what he continued to do throughout the month of Shvat. The whole month of Shvat, Moshe Rabbeinu was translating the Torah. So the theme of the month of Shvat is associated with sharing the Torah to who? The people who are unable to learn Torah in the original. That's also associated with the uh, previous Rebbe, whose anniversary of passing is in the month of Shvat, in the 10th of Shvat, that his name is also Yosef, which says that each, each, each uh, month is associated with a different tribe. The month of Shvat is associated with the tribe of Yosef. The energy of the month of Shvat is the, month, is the energy of Yosef. What was the previous Rebbe's essence about? So just like when Rachel gave birth to Yosef, she said, may God give me another child. And she was asking on the surface to have one more child because she knew there would be 12 children of Yaakov and she wanted to have at least two. So uh, the Tzemach says that the words she used were Bein Acher, a son, a stranger. What she wanted was that her son should be someone who is able to help a Jew who feels like they're a stranger. They shouldn't feel like they're a stranger. They should feel that like they are God's child. That's the same, same idea of what Moshe Rabbeinu was doing. Moshe Rabbeinu was translating the Torah into all languages, so a Jew studying Torah in a different language shouldn't feel that he's a stranger, he's not part of it. That's, it seems like the Ben Achel applies more to Yosef than Yomim. Yosef seems to be especially talking about God, but help of strangers seems to come more from Yosef than Yom. The, the, the truth is, the Medrash says even more. The Medrash says a request was not just to have Ben Yomim, request was to have a grandson from Yosef. Which grandson? Yeravim ben Avat. That he does strange things. Yeravim ben Avat, it says that he was one of the three people in history that his neshama was cut off completely. and did Whatever, let's not get into his, his Averis. But, but nevertheless, so why would anyone want to have a son like that? Yeah. So the answer is, as Tzemach said, I can never explain that what she wanted was that even if a person was like Yeravim ben Avat, even if a person was so terrible, her son should be someone who able, was able to make that person not feel like they're a stranger, not feel like they're separate, but they are God's child. There's three people in history. One of them was actually was Acher, who means a stranger. Uh, so that's the power of Yosef, the Ben Acher, that it shouldn't be a, to help a Jew wherever they are to feel they are God's child. In another occasion, Ebbe said that's the theme also of this week's Parsha. When um, Hashem gave us the Torah, it says in Parsha's Veschanon, there was a great voice and the voice never stopped. So one meaning of it never stopped is that it continued into other languages. That even when you study Torah in a different language, it's also the voice of Hashem at Mount Sinai. So 
so that's the um, uh, power of the of the fifteenth of Shvat. It's a day when there's a perfection of this energy of reaching out to other people, spreading the Torah in every place. And therefore, the first thing we have to take out of this day is is make a res- resolution to share the Torah farther, farther and wider than it's ever been spread before to people and to places that it, that it hasn't reached yet. That's that's the power of this day to make a decision to actually do something to make a difference and to share Torah with with a wider audience than we've been sharing with till now. Um, so this is the power of the 15th of the month and in that for bringing that we spoke about also about the, this is especially proposed that year because the 15th of the month the fifth, and the 7th day of the week which is perfection days of the week were on the same day but then they have asked a question there is a rule the rule is that you're supposed to always go higher in holiness you're always supposed to be elevated more today than yesterday so what happens on the 16th of the month the 15th of the month, it says, the Jewish people count according to the moon and they are compared to the moon. And therefore, in the full light of the moon is the full light of the Jewish people. But all of a sudden, the next day, the moon, the moon gets smaller. And the day after, it gets even smaller. So how does that fit with this theme of Yelchum Chayel Chayel? How does this fit with this theme of going from strength to strength when uh, the opposite seems to be the case? So the answer is that... After a Jew reaches the full light of what they're able to give, the full revelation of who they are, another parenthetical point, which is an important point, Nebbe um, spoke on the, about how on this day you should tell children. And Nebbe said even children, with, not just everyone, especially even children, and even children who are three or four years old, you should tell them that just like Eretz Yisrael is a land that produces all kinds of fruit, and it's a treasure, it's a land which has so much treasures in it, so too every child is like Eretz Yisrael, and there's so much potential, so much treasures in them. And, it's, and just like it would be a waste not to use the treasure, so too every child should know how much treasures they have inside of them, how much they're able to give. So, you said a minute ago, when a Jew reaches his full potential. Oh, so the, month, oh, so the 15th of the month, very good. So the 15th of the month represents how you use a full revelation of this month. You, you, you achieve the... Oh, this month. One second, one second. Oh, hold on, hold on. You read the full revelation of what Hashem has given you. you, right. you you've expressed all right. the right. right now. Now comes the next day. What's the next day? The next day is after you reach your full potential of what you're able to reveal from the light Hashem has given you, then there's something else. In order to really reveal the light of Hashem, there's another component. Besides revelation, there's also an idea of bittel, humility. In order for the moon to receive light from the sun, the moon approaches the sun and gets smaller and smaller. In a similar way, a Jew is compared to the moon and the sun is compared to the Shekhinah, the divine revelation of Hashem. So the second half of the month represents how you're not allowed to uh, consider yourself to be so high and mighty. And you have to realize that all the light you have comes from Hashem. So the theme of the second half of the month is of, of growing in your humility, in your closeness to Hashem. The theme of the second half of the month is how there's more and more self-abnegation, there's more and more a sense of, of, of whose light it is. And uh, until you reach the end of the month. In, in our prayers we say every day, let my soul be like dust before all. Open my heart to your tear. So there's a connection between these two um, phrases. Um, I remember I was discussing this once with Rabbi Reitschik. You were discussing Yeah, and, uh, and he's like, I was discussing the idea of how humility reads, allows you to reach a deeper understanding of Torah. And specifically, where the, the tzaddikim, so devoted to Hashem, they're the ones with the greatest insight in Torah. As it says in the Pasuk, Those, let my soul be like dust before all, open my heart to your Torah.
So he was basically making the point that when you say that that pasuk, are you are you serious? Do you want God to really like you know to flatten you, to make you feel like dust? The Abishur is good at that. Whatever has a show. Anyways, but the uh, the point is, the more you humility you have, not to have some uh, be, get hurt. God, God is a genius; He can make this happen in an easy way. Okay, so um, the, the more humility you have, the more you feel, hum, the more you feel where your light is coming from. The more you feel like, like dust before Hashem, the more you're able to observe Torah. So the second half of the month is becoming more and more devoted and closer to the source, and that's how you're able to receive in the next month the new light of Hashem. But at the end of the month, it's not just that the moon is getting smaller and smaller. Right before the birth of the new moon, the moon doesn't even have a geometric point. The moon is totally, uh, not, not, it's totally not revealed at all. There's not even a, a, a tiny bit of moon left at the end, which is even greater than the sentiment that's expressed in our prayers, let my soul be like dust to all. Dust is still a thing. But at the end of the month, it's, it's the, the, the Jew which is the highest level of bittel, the highest level of, of devotion and abnegation before Hashem. It's 24 hours of nothing. I shouldn't say the word nothing because as we say in our daven every day when we say when we open the Torah, I am the servant of Hashem, I bow before Hashem, we sing with a nigan. I bow before Hashem for His glorious Torah and Jew sings it with a nigan. It's 24 hours with nothing, right. Right. So in a similar way, the Jew is the Jew is, is nothing, but it's not it's not it's not a. Uh, it's, a it, it's a very joyous nothing. Right. It's a joyous nothing because it's 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 intimacy with Hashem, which allows her to be the new birth. What's the new birth? But now, after you've, after Jew has reached the highest level of devotion, abnegation for Hashem, now he's ready for a new revelation from Hashem in the next meal, the next moon. And when the moon receives more light from the sun, and similarly in this world, the Jew receives more light from Hashem, a new light of the next month. And then he grows in that light and he, until he reaches the 15th of the month. And then the second half of the month is again the theme of, of humility and higher levels of humility until he's able to reach the new light of the third month and continues on and on each month receiving more and more light. A greater light, incomparably greater in the next month than the month before. So, so now there's a special power for this, to spread the Torah more than the day before. Every day, Hashem empowers us to do this, to spread the Torah every day, higher and higher. But it's not just spreading the Torah to others. The, the words of, the, of Mashiach to the Baal Shem Tif, to spread the wellsprings to the outside, don't only, ref, only refer to the outside. It also refers to the outside within yourself. What does it mean the outside within yourself? Within, within ourselves, we have our neshama, we have our body. So the idea of spreading the wellsprings to the outside is also in, is, it means that the Hasidus that we learn shouldn't just be something that we do when we compartmentalize in one part of our day, but it's supposed to affect the most physical and lowest parts of our life. And they also should be imbued, they should also should be affected and, and illuminated with the warmth and the, and the life of Chassidus. This is also very in sync with the uh, theme of this Pasha we just read, which was the year that the Rebbe said this for Ring on 15th of Shvat, Pasha's Peshalach. Pasha's Peshalach talks about the Mon. What was the, the, the idea of the Mon? The Mon came from heaven, bread from heaven. So it was bread, you ate it in this world, and it was still heavenly. It was heavenly in more ways than one. And one way it was heavenly was that you were nourished by it, and you ate it, and yet there was no um, excrement, there was no psalis, the man was a perfectly heavenly food that became absorbed in the body. So although it was physical, and you ate it, it remained heavenly, it remained holy. It remained godly, it remained divine. It had divine properties, even after, as it became a physical bread. Same as also with Hasidus, 
then even after, this is especially true for Chabad Chassidus, which, is a, which emphasizes understanding it in a real logical way, like understand Gemara, that even after the Chassidus nourishes you, even as Chassidus nourishes you, and it's all, it's, as it says in chapter 5 in Tanya, that, Chassidus, that Torah is compared to bread and it nourishes you and, and, it, and it becomes absorbed within you and you, and you understand it and it makes sense to you and, and, and it and impacts you, even that, then at that, it's still the pure bread from heaven. It's bread from heaven even, even after it gets absorbed within you. And this is also connected with the theme of, with, with, with spreading Chassidus to others as well. What, who ate the man? It says man was eaten by tzaddikim. Everyone ate the man. The, the righteous ate the man. The average people ate the man. The wicked ate the man. They, as the Medrash says, the various ways the man would appear. So, but even if you were, even if a person was in the category of the wicked, they still ate the man, and it was still man for them. It was godly for them as well. So too, when we talk about the power of the fitnat of shvat and spreading chassid to other people. You have to realize that when you spread chassid to someone else, and they are someone who it seems they are they're foreign to the whole concept that you're sharing with them. You have to realize that this is also the divine food of Hashem as it gets transferred to the person who you think is not is not there, and that's the meaning of a minion. A minion, the word tzibur in Hebrew, has three letters: tzaddik, which stand for the three kinds of levels of serving God, or tzaddik bein Russia, the per- perfectly righteous, the average, and the wicked. Between the average and the wicked, there's a vav. It says that the vav is a special letter that. Yaakov took a vav from, from Eliyahu's name, right? And he told Eliyahu, I'm not giving you back this vav until you redeem the Jewish people. So the letter vav is associated with redemption. Why the letter vav? And what does that do with the concept we're talking about? The letter vav, the Zohar says, is a, is a letter of truth. Why is the letter vav the letter of truth? Because what is truth? Truth is something which is true in every place and every time. Truth is, the letter vav is a line, geometric line. It represents, give me two minutes. The letter vav is a geometric line, and it goes from the hot. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. It's a, the most gushmaka part is what is my say you do. Anyways, so the the uh, the letter vav goes from the highest place to the lowest place. So it represents how how the truth of Hashem is in everywhere. That's why vav is called the letter of truth. So similarly, how do what, what's the role of those who are not in the category of the Russia? They're supposed to take what they know. They're supposed to take the chassidus that they learned and share it with the Russia, share it with those who are not given that privilege. And they're supposed to lift them up and give them the full light of what they have, light of chassidus. So that's, a, that's, that's what the vav represents, that they're sharing something of the deepest, deepest parts of the Torah and they're sharing it with the wicked person in a way that nourishes the wicked person and yet it still remains godly. And there's no psalis. The, the meaning of not having psalis means on our personal level is that even when you're involved in most physical things, it's not in a way of it's psalis. It's not in a way that there's anything negative there. In, within ourselves, spreading chassidus to the outside of ourselves means that although we're involved in the physical and the things that the Talmud says that a person is compared to an animal, even whatever you're involved in, eating and drinking, etc., despite that, despite how, whatever you're doing, doing that's not godly and holy, it would seem, Yet, just like the man didn't have any any negative um, any ex- any excrement, so too the man imbues us that we're able to bring Hashem's holiness into the lowest parts of our life, into the most physical parts of our life. And the same as as well, when we spread chassidus to others, it's not just that you're sharing something godly and holy with someone else who's on the outside, but you're, al- you're it's the same truth. It doesn't lose its truth. It doesn't lose its sanity, and it, and it, and allows the the tzaddik and the base 
to share with the Reish, the Tzaddik, the perfectly righteous and the average, to share with someone who's not that righteous, and to make them part of the word Sibur. The Talmud says that a minion could only be, um, is only accepted by Hashem if they have all three categories of Jews, the righteous, the average, and the wicked. And the goal is that the, those who are not in the category of the righteous should receive from them, become part of the same word, that they should hear and learn the chassidus from those who are gifted to learn it, but it shouldn't be in a way that, just, that, they're, they're, that they're diluting it and separating it and, and, and giving it a, you know, a, a, a less than version of what they're getting themselves. The point is that although they have to package it in a way that the other person should understand it, but they should realize what they're doing. They're giving the full light of Hashem to the person they're sharing Torah with. Just like Meish he translates the Torah into all languages, and it's still Torah. So too, when you're bringing the Torah down to someone else, and, and their level, you shouldn't feel it's less than. It's not the same kind of Torah. Although it's, 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 not, it's not descended, it's not, it's not altered, it's not, it's not adulterated from its pristine form. It's still the wellsprings of Chassidus. And that's why um, Eliyahu Navi says that Yaakov took the Vav from Eliyahu Navi's name in order that Eliyahu Navi should, took it as collateral, so Eliyahu Navi should, should redeem the Jewish people. The letter of Vav is associated with the coming of Mashiach. By spreading, what did the Mashiach tell of Hashem? When is he going to come? When the wellsprings of Chassidus are spread to the outside, to the farthest places. So the letter Vav is about spreading Chassidus to the most distant and farthest places, and, and they're also to reveal the truth of Hashem. That's what Mashiach is about, the, the revelation of Hashem in the physical world. So therefore, the Vav of the letter of the word Tzibur and the Vav of Eliyahu Navi are connected by spreading Chassidus to people which you think aren't, in, aren't able to absorb Chassidus and giving them the full light of Chassidus as it really is. Um, because that's what you're doing. You're not, again, it's, it still remains the manna bread. It still remains heaven-like food even after it descends to the realm of the other person. So, so by doing that, you are allowing, you're opening up, you're, you're, bringing, you're ushering in the, the aura and the, 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 and the actual coming of Mashiach because the coming of Mashiach is about the, the letter of love, the OSM, is the, as the Zohar says, the, the, the letter of truth. The, 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 how the truth of Hashem is revealed in the, in the physical world in the way that we'll see it with our eyes. So L'chaim L'chaim, we should take the inspiration of this day and spread Yiddishkeit and Chassidus to the outside and to realize that, that there is no uh, outside. As everyone said, that the, when you spread Chassidus to the outside, you, you discover that the outside world itself is part of the, part of the wall springs. L'chaim L'chaim V'rochem. Thank mm-hmm. you.